Thank you for downloading the podcast of the local paper review with a Romford recorder and Time 107.5. Enjoy. Hello, how you doing? I'm Steve. And uh, back from yesterday's massive mood with... Uh, and now, right, we're going to do the local paper review. We have uh, Emily, Chris Carter, Ben uh, Vaughan will be joining us as well. And I was... I don't know if you heard the show yesterday. Right, stinker of a mood. <laughs> Today, really good mood. <sighs> That's a relief. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what? Uh, was it... Was it? Well, was I in a mood when I emailed you from the airport and I was having a right grump? I, there was some day when I, I sent an email to you and I was in a massive grump. Was that on your way to Antwerp? It could have been. Uh, yeah. Whereas today, loving it. I got coffee on the go. I got some good news happening. Uh, yeah. That's good news for the listeners, I think. Yeah. So let's see if we can try and dash my good vibes by <laughs> seeing what's been happening in the, in the local world. Some of the local stuff through the papers. Where are we diving into? What are we starting with? We're diving into the Ilford Recorder front page this week, uh, Steve. It's a story, uh, the headline's Ban ban for Beggars. Basically, um, one of uh, Chief Inspector uh, John Fish from Redbridge Police um, reported to the local forum last week that uh, the police have started filming beggars on the streets of Redbridge, in in particular in Ilford Town Centre. And uh, in one particular incident, they filmed a woman who was um, uh, making eye contact with passers-by yeah. And they and after after they'd filmed her and got the evidence for that, they issued a criminal behaviour order on her that she couldn't sit down. So basically, it's police are actually cracking down on begging in Guildford Town Centre. So what's what's the illegal bit here then? The because banned for sitting down, but the problem is that she made eye contact. I mean, I do both. <laughs> I feel really dodgy that I'm. I've just admitted I'm a criminal. Well, obviously, from a begging point of view, they need to make eye contact. And they generally are sitting down with a little pot of, uh, hopefully, money. Yeah. So it's that act that that the police are looking to stop them doing so that they can stop them begging. It's a a very uh, emotive subject, isn't it? And I think it splits people's opinion. I mean, even if... Even if you try and take, just put, pause that for a side, for a second. Put to one side the issue of whether you know begging is a bad thing or a good thing. I I find it shocking that you can make things that aren't necessarily specific just to begging the problem. Because I'm sure I've made eye contact with people whilst not begging. Um, in fact, let's be honest. I'm making eye contact with both of you. I'm sat down right now. By the end of this uh, hour, <laughs> I doubt you've given me any money. No. Okay. Seems unlikely. Hey, you're right, you're I might right. give you a criminal behaviour on <laughs> <laughs> Add it to the collection. So, you know, Emma, what's your thoughts on this? We can bring back in the debate of begging good, begging bad. I, I'm, I think this is a bit strong from the police, if I'm honest. I think that, you know, these, I'm guessing, you know, people who are certainly going through particularly hard times... And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't be offended or intimidated by someone who's sitting on the side of the road and making eye contact with me. Is there an issue in terms of this not really being the way to help them, though? The, yeah, the direct think, giving of money? I think that that's a, a much-used argument, isn't it? Yeah. And you'll often hear people say, oh, well, they'll go and spend it on drugs or alcohol. But I, I think, think that's what... Uh, uh, Chief Inspector mm-hmm. uh, Fish says, he says that um, charitable givers in Ilford were not helping people to buy food, but generally funding drug and alcohol problems. I think mm. it's a bit harsh to be tarring everyone with a very it broad brush. It does seem a bit of a brush. sweeping generalisation, yeah. doesn't it? 
Is there a thing... So I suppose if you give money via an organisation, you almost guarantee zero of that money is going on drugs. If you give directly to people and only 5%, so you're not tiring everyone with it, but if there's mm. one person who spends it on drugs, is it then a valid that, argument? But that's your choice, isn't it? Yeah, you, you, you make the decision whether you're going to give money to a mm. charity and similarly you make a decision whether you're going to give money to a homeless person. If these people are kind of running up to someone in the street and saying, you have to give me money and really pressurising people, I think that's something separate. But, you know, once you've chosen to pass your cash on, you do that full in the knowledge that mm. they will spend it on whatever they like. That's very true, personal choice, yeah. I remember a good few years ago now, we had um, a homeless guy come into reception in their Orford office. It was on Christmas and he was sort of pleading with us for money because he didn't have anywhere to go at Christmas. It was a really sad story and he sort of asked for money. He came in the morning, asked for money, and I felt sorry for him, so I gave him a fiver and said, come back and we'll check out with the council and see what we can do. And, of course, he came back after lunch steaming sort of drunk and basically he'd spent the fiver on alcohol yeah. and I'd sort of said to him go and get yourself a meal so it was after that that I thought you know I don't really want to do that anymore but yeah. I mean what they say is that if you see someone begging or you know if you can I'll buy them a sandwich or something or buy them a meal but I've also heard people say that if you offer them a sandwich or a meal they're quite abusive they don't like that they mm. don't want that I suppose there is an argument as well that if I were living on the streets and my life were that bad I might want something to take the edge off for a few hours. Absolutely, mm. yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. that's my view is that I'm absolutely convinced that nobody wants to be sitting on the, on, on the street yeah. holding the hand out or holding the pot out begging. You know, I know there's been various stories in the past and some of the right-wing press about, you know, beggars sitting there getting their money and then popping around the corner and getting into a Mercedes and driving off sort of thing. But... But then you answer, you've effectively answered your own question that through the years and years of giving money directly to people who either do or don't spend it on alcohol, if you forget that, clearly it's not solved the problem because they're still there. Um, so actually, maybe uh, we need to break that failed link. You know Einstein's definition of insanity? We need to start doing something different, don't we? Yeah. I mean, that's where, I mean, I've sort of been in the job sort of as an editor now for 20 years and there are some stories that come back time and time again and I just think my goodness, can we not solve this problem in some way? You know, mm. it's just the fact that there are still people begging on the streets of London and the surrounding areas like Ilford and Romford. It's really depressing. You know, you just think there must be some way in this 21st century we can we can prevent this happening. Yeah. Ben, what do you think? What's, what could the police do to try and help this? We hear similar stories from other areas as well. I mean, there was the whole thing about the council putting in spikes on, on the ground so that... Uh, yeah. beggars couldn't sit down but I think I'll go back to uh, what Chris said and I don't think there's any anyone in the world who would want to be out on the street in the cold having to beg and um, so they want it solved I did Authorities a report on this solved. last year and I had to sleep rough for one night and after that I was I was out for the whole week just because the cold the tiredness of it everything and so if I was on the street I certainly would want something to take the edge off mm. so I think a can of beer is not necessarily a bad thing and I think it's a bit patronising for people to say uh, would you like a sandwich instead when, when they need money but then I mean I, I, I can totally understand the reasons and motivations to want a drink when you're in such a situation but if the end game of that is then drunken behaviour then you, we shouldn't want that to happen either and no, just because just they can say drink responsibly on the side, I think if ever there's a case when that's not necessarily going to be followed, 
um, then you are funding, you're putting money into something that's going to be a problem. I think that similarly, there are a lot of the problems um, that homeless people have are actually with being abused by drunk people who have homes. And yeah. it's kind of, you know, to take that homelessness as a slur on someone's character is a bit... I think it's, it's a complex issue, isn't it? And I think possibly looking at this story is... I think possibly the police are looking at it in, in, in too simplistic a way, really. Mm. And, and and they do seem to be, as, as we've said, seem to be see, treating all beggars on the street or whatever we want to call them um, all the same, really. And and they're not the same. They've all got different stories, I'm sure. And, and I think they need, you know, they, I think they need help, don't they? I mean, that's the thing, really. Sometimes I think... The human side of these things are often not looked at. We, we had a situation in Redbridge before where where homeless people's sleeping bags were thrown away by the police really? because they wanted to get them get get it off the streets. And, and there was a natural quote where they said, well, "You know, people in Redbridge want rubbish cleared off the streets." And you kind of think, "Oh, is that mm-hmm. what you're is that what you're describing homeless people as?" You know, there does seem to be a, a bit of a dehumanising of people yeah, and it isn't just slow. it wouldn't not necessarily just the police really i think a lot of people have that attitude although i am pleased uh, to say that in the paper this week we've got the view from a lot of residents in redbridge and went on the street and asked people and uh, there's a really mixed view and quite a lot of sympathy for, for these people mm. so um the briefest of, uh, of swings around at this what should be done chris if i knew that steve yeah. i wouldn't be doing this story again and again and again um but maybe you're just doing it so you keep having new stories uh, to write. Yeah? No, we're okay. doing it to highlight the issue, Steve. So that okay. perhaps in ten years' time, we're not doing, no longer doing these stories. And you know, and whether you believe it or not, and I'm a journalist, but I would You've actually, still got be, heart. Yeah. I would be quite <laughs> pleased to see that in ten years' time, no more yeah. begging stories. So it's a solution where everyone on both sides of it want it solved. Uh, it's a situation where everyone wants it solved. Emma, what should the solution be? Go. I don't have a definite answer either, but I think what there needs to be is a bit more joined up working with this. It's not just something that the police can fix um, by themselves. We need to have authorities involved, charities involved um, to come up with something that is going to improve it for everyone. Okay, so story number two on the way. What do you think that's going to be? A little uh, tease towards what that's going to be? A little tease. Um, What would you think, Steve, would be the weapon of choice in Havering? We are looking at the local papers. It's our local paper review, uh, joined by Chris Carter and Emma Lake from the Romford Recorder and Ben Vaughan from Time 107.5. As we get into story number two, what's story number two, Emma? Story number two is uh, the Romford Recorder's splash this week, um, which is a report into a series of tags where acid has either been used or threatened. Um, It's been branded... um, by an expert from a victim's charity as the weapon of choice in the borough currently. Um, So we have spoken to um, the mother of a victim who has said more needs to be done. And um, we've also spoken to our MP who's branded these attacks as vile and twisted. Um, But yes, seven... Seven in three weeks mm. have been reported. It's so what, quite shocking. What do you think? Why do you think there's been an increase in this type of attack? Well, the expert who we spoke to has said that um, basically chemicals, harmful chemicals, are, are cheap and accessible, and that's part of part of the reason. But um, so, do they used to be harder to come by then? 
I don't think so. I just think, I don't know, it's one of those things possibly where you get one and more follow. Mm. Yes, so the idea of... Um uh, of the idea being the problem. Mm. There's a oh, I've got a theory that you know they've had this big crackdown on knives. You know they've had the crackdown on knives, so yes. they can't use the knives anymore. So they're going for acid. But, but then, how does the crackdown on knives work? Basically, they've increased the stop and search, yeah. so they're trying to catch them with. So, surely, you if you stopped and searched, you'd find yeah. a bottle of. Who's stopping someone searching them, finding that they've got acid, but no knife? Off you go, son. That's, it can't be happening, can it? Do you know what I mean? One would hope not, no. So, I mean, I suppose you could look into it to make sure it's not happening, but it's not happening, is it? You, you, people doing stop and search won't be, won't be finding a youth and thinking, yes, they're, they're clearly on their way to do something appropriate with an industrial chemical. They no. probably need to unblock some drains. Yeah, yeah exactly. Do you know what I mean? I mean, that, that's the thing. What, is, what, what sort of acid are they using? I'm not an expert, but obviously things like hydrochloric acid is, is pretty you know, damaging to skin. Uh, but... But I think there's various sort of injuries with regard to some of the attacks mm. where, you know, there's a burning sensation. I'm guessing, not being an expert, something like a, a bleach or something like that would cause sort of a mild burning but not, not permanent damage. And then there's the extreme, which is, you know, oh, your high classics where where you, you see things like the, some of the high-profile cases that have been in the national press where... Mm. Where there's that woman in particular was in horrendous burns. I think she was from Bach and Dagenham, actually. Um and you know life changing yeah. injuries so i mean i i don't think we're not sure i'm not clear as to what kind of acid is being you know used in these attacks but i suppose we as as people who simply speak from a face on radio we don't need to know the details you just need to know that whoever's checking people for knives should also be checking they'll know which which chemicals because mm. i mean often the phrase acid attack is used but strong alkaline yeah. are are so worse for skin and also they're the ones that yeah. almost foolishly you then just add water to because you assume it's an acid and yeah. it makes it makes it far worse um i've, I've there's a slight i think the idea about this not being as many knives is is possibly you know, a good point i didn't think of that i was being a bit facetious to be honest no, but i but, think you might be right. you, do, you, you kind of wonder and it does they do the weapon use in sort of crime does mm. seem to sort of have trends and you yeah. know there's a few years ago I mean, it's for some reason it's sort of in, particularly in the Bark and Dagen area, there's a huge um, number of machetes being used, and even swords mm. as well. We had a couple of sword attacks in, and I was just it was just horrendous. And some guy had his arm chopped off by someone with a sword. Yeah, and you kind of think, but we haven't heard I haven't heard any of that for ages now. I mean, maybe that is because you know there's a, so much of a crackdown on knives that yeah. obviously. Mm. If you're carrying a sword, it's a bit obvious, obvious. you know, whereas... I, I'm glad I get to, to speak to two people from newspapers then, because on this very issue of, like, trends within crimes, because when it, they, and this particular crime, they always say it's the availability, and I just question that, because I can't help thinking that in the 60s, people still had access to the same... You know, no-one's invented a new acid, so... But um, your idea of it being, like, something that's out... That in, as soon as someone does something, uh, people with with this proclivity aren't creative enough to come up with a crime on their own but they copy crime so it's copycats basically there's a book called the oh it's not the social animal but something like that that talks of uh, glass being put into through an accident into some orange juice in america 
Just some accident, a factory machine broke, glass into thing, it gets recalled. Within the next two years, there are five times when people have put glass into orange juice because people have these issues to do these things but can't think of the crimes on their own. Um, and I, I never knew whether it was the case of the, the, when that happens, people who are criminal copy it, or when a new story breaks, do you then search for more examples of the same story? Um, I think that sometimes if news is reported, then it brings people mm. who hear it, who've had a similar experience, will then go and realise, oh, people want to hear about this or whatever and come forward. Um, but I think... In this case, is it, ca- is it nothing case? in your reporting though as well? Because like you know the Malaysian airline thing when that happened for the next few weeks, as soon as there was anything different in on a plane, it was a it was a breaking news on the BBC website. So I just does it does it focus the the journalist eye more? It can do because you do realise that oh you know this isn't a one off, and then go and investigate to see how much of a problem it is, mm. and obviously that's what we would want our reporters to do to look mm. at, at what the full story is um in this case these have all come from police so it's been police putting out appeals i think we had one of the seven cases was someone ringing us up who had been a victim to say this has happened to me um and in the others so i think this is genuine it's something i've not reported on before before the last month and then we just had yeah. this debate Mm. Ben, what do, you, what do you think the reasoning is behind this weird trend? Oh, I don't know. I couldn't tell you that. But I think what Chris said about uh, perhaps there are fewer knives on the street and so on, I think that's interesting because just a few weeks ago uh, there was a spate of stabbings in 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 the borough and in, in, in the East London area and all the papers and everyone else were saying how, you know, knife crime's out of control and that's what the, uh, the public view yeah. was. Well, I think we even spoke about it on this show and, and, and then this week acid crime is, you know, has spiked as well. But mm. I think it is, what Emma said as well, that is interesting. Uh, we covered a few of the uh, the acid incidents on here at Time FM as well and it's something that we've not covered before either. So perhaps for this area, um, it is a growing trend. I've got a theory which I've in no way had time to fully think this through, so feel free to shoot this down, right? But when I was reading about these stories before, I think there might be something about... Because quite often there is something about this particular form of attack that is so based on aesthetics and looks. The shallowness of modern-day society and certain people think that... I don't know. I don't know what the, even the rest of this thought is. But you know what I mean? That this particular attack is trying to attack someone in this very look obsessed. Oh, I need to make sure I look my best. It's you attack that part of someone. I think that's true, and I think in in some of the high profile cases that has actually been the case, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think there was a case of um, one woman whose whose boyfriend was jealous, and basically in order to get back at her, he. He threw acid at her, and obviously that affects her looks, mm. so that makes her less attractive to, to to men. And I think there are other cases where, it, and I think they were, I think the case in Buckingham Dagenham, I think if I remember rightly, was an ex-girlfriend or something. So I think it was something like that. So in those cases, that is true. That it is very much a personal thing, and it's a, it's an yeah. aesthetics thing. But it seems to me in these cases that this just, I mean, some of, in some of the cases, it's just been a threat. But I think that threat's quite powerful, isn't it? Because yeah. it's, it is. Because yeah. if, if I, you know, if you, th- you can think if that threat's made, you would be completely aghast. And but it's linked to, a, I think it's linked to a more of a, I don't say a petty crime, but a, you know, a rob- robbery, isn't it? You know, they're threatening people saying, if you don't give us your watch, whatever, oh, yeah. we, we'll throw acid at you. So 
to me it's just they're just using it as a weapon rather than you know a personal attack and this is why i've chosen this i've chosen this acid because it's going to disfigure you whereas i think in some of these instances i'm I'm just surmising here it's just that we can use this as a threat Hmm. you know we can use this as a threat to get what we want which is to rob you whereas the threat is worse because society is so obsessed with looks yeah yeah that's true so I mean this is one the, the question it's another one of those stories where the question is what should we do I'm going to throw my hand into the ring here uh, why don't we just get rid of these acids if we why do you not have to you know show some ID and order online to actually be able to clean my drains I'd be fine with that <laughs> I think bringing in an ID system probably is quite a good idea yeah. because you have to show ID to buy other dangerous goods don't you isn't it super glue you have to show ID or something really um <laughs> And be over six, although over sixteen, wasn't it? Mm. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I do think that 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 would be a proactive step to take. If, if society starts using something as a weapon, to ban it. I know I'm going very very <laughs> scorched earth on this one, but I don't That's need access uh, to these caustic mm. chemicals. Yeah, no, I think you're probably right there, yeah. Steve. And you're right in particularly right-wing sort of random. I am going, yeah, I'm going all very Daily Mail. There uh, is a bit of an element, though, if you ban something, there's something else will come yeah. up in its place. There'll always be... Well, that's what we're saying, in a way, isn't it? We're saying if yeah. it is the case that we've we've got rid of some of the nice, which is never going to be the case to get rid of all of them, they've turned to something else. And that's what I was saying earlier, isn't it? There always seems to be something new that the criminal element seems to be able to get hold of and use as a weapon. Yeah. But so even if even if you think you ban it and something else will come along to replace it, you still have to ban it. It's because that's kind of like saying, "Well, we shouldn't make murder that's illegal because someone it. else will do some of the things." Uh, ben, any thoughts on uh, how do we solve this one? Are you going to join me with my right wing rant? Well, <laughs> not, not if we're going down the Daily Mail route, probably not. But um, I think the idea of it you being used as a threat as well is quite interesting because with stories we've covered, sometimes. It's not even been proven that they've had acid on them. So it's not actually been that they've gone out and bought acid illegally. It's just that they're using that threat. And it's odd that people are are more scared of that than if someone said, I've got a knife on me, because actually a knife would kill you. Acid probably uh, couldn't. Yeah, but Uh, but it it depends what your worst fear is. Exactly, yeah. Probably some people fear the idea of living in a life they don't like more than Mm. death. So threatening someone with death is less powerful. That's just a theory. That's very deep, Steve. But there's nothing to stop anyone saying, give me your wallet, I've got a bottle of, a- bottle of acid, when they don't. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can't ban... Yeah, that, the, the threat only works because of the prevalence of the stories. So if there weren't the actual stories of people doing it... Then some the of threat- the stories have been just threats. They've not, they've not actually carried yeah. anything out. But say if you went through a period of there being no actual cases and only threats, the impact of the threat would be less, wouldn't it? Because... The reason, the reason if someone were to say it to you and you know in the back of your mm. mind that there have been these high-profile actual cases... But would you ever then... Would you still take <laughs> that risk? No, so as you a you're bluffing. I don't think you'd sit there and, <laughs> and, and I don't, weigh up the probability. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't only think it's the media and newspapers, well, and whether you, whether you th- think the film's media, which, which it is to a certain extent, but mm. sometimes you know, I've heard of a situation, I can't think of anything in, in specifically, but where there's been a, either a TV program like a crime drama or a, or a film where they've done something specific and something like, something like I don't know Reservoir Dogs or something there's some yeah. pretty horrendous stuff in, in the Tarantino stuff isn't it and I've heard that people have actually copied things in films and TV shows as yeah. well to, to commit crime so you know 
it's not just newspaper steam. You know, not, it, it, it can come from anywhere. And, and, and in his situation, he's going to ban us. This is <laughs> we we haven't really, to be honest, we haven't really gone to town on the acid attacks in the last few weeks and and the threats. You know, we've reported it, but I don't think we've we've not have not been front page and that sort of thing. So I don't think it's been particularly high profile locally, certainly. So I wouldn't necessarily say that they have looked in the record and thought, oh, that's a good idea. I just think possibly, you know, with the growing, sort of a lot of the cases that come up nationally. Yeah, you know, it's a zeitgeisty maybe. thing, isn't it? It's mm. just kind of in the heads of everyone. Yeah. Okay, well, this we're getting deep into the philosophy of news so, stories yeah. today. Uh, what's the third story on the way? Uh, well, we, we'll get away from that now. Get a little bit uh, lighten the mood, I think, Steve. Um, you say that, but normally when we have a, a story that you say this is a bit serious, we turn it around to something lighthearted, and then you go, "It's really light one." We have a deep debate. What's the What's the topic that we might get into a proper debate about? Scone or scone? Oh, it's gonna get heated. <laughs> Oh, sorry, we need to do... This is the update, isn't it? What page am I coming in at? My newspaper column You're about You're at page 18 this week. That's all right. I don't mind a bit of 18, I think, yeah. Sometimes I feel bad when... You know, and it's been very good of you to put the newspaper column on, like, page four or something. Yeah, it was a good bit, of me. It's a bit showy, though. I feel bad. A bit bit too much, kind of, like... It's a bit I think it's safe while you're in the front half. Right, so, so if ever it's... slip back to 42, that's when you know, <laughs> we've decided it was a dad. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they will be, though, let's be honest. I have no idea when I sit down and start writing what I'm going to go on about. Um, has anyone Welcome com- to our world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> has anyone complained from Crossrail? I had a right old go at it, didn't I? No. I don't know whether Boris has read it yet. His copy no. gets delivered on a Saturday, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'll make sure I tweet it to him. <laughs> it comes by train, it's always late. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what's story number three? What are we looking at now? Uh, story number three is uh, about National Trust scones. Um, and this week we sent scones. intrepid reporter Rosie Fenton down to Raynham Hall to try their scones after news broke that the National scones. Trust is going to be uh, in, going to roll out a standardised recipe across all of its tea rooms. Oh, finally! <laughs> oh, <good>. Years. <laughs> Did that come with, with, with a standard pronunciation as oh, well? That's true. Yeah. yeah, and also rules over whether it's jam cream or cream jam. Yeah. Mm. No, well, you, uh, that should be in there as the rules. Yeah? And then one county is going to be really upset. I never know which one it is. Which no, I don't which? know what's, which one it's. Uh, Cornwall, and Cornwall is cream and jam. Right. And Devonshire. Devonshire is jam and cream. Jam cream. I believe. Definitely uh, on the Devonshire side. Doesn't it, it surely tastes oh, the no. same. Surely. Surely it is. Yeah, but if you think about and I have thought about it. Okay. So, because <laughs> jam can be quite... Sticky? <laughs> sticky. And, you know, it can run off and... On the surface of the scone, it's more likely to stay, whereas if you put it on cream, it's going to go just straight off the oh, side. Interesting. We've got, we got a viscosity issue right here. <laughs> OK, I'm sure what you're saying. Why don't you then... And I think this is how I might do it, that when you slice your... I'm going to say scone. I'm from the north. Just, yeah, it's, the way it's, it's scone. Happen. It's when definitely you, scone. You, you slice your scone in half. You lay it down with the, the newly, the freshly revealed side facing up to the room. You put your jam on one. You put your cream on the other thing, you put them together? No. <gasps> no. Have I that's just invented it? No, no, no. I've invented a third way of doing it. Just... That's how we do it in Nottinghamshire. Forget Devon and Cornwall. Rock cakes, aren't they, in Nottinghamshire? <laughs> so, yeah. It's, uh, Eccles cakes. Whatever. We're not that northern, right? Uh, sorry. The, uh, I don't know what we have. There's, there's no food associated. If you do that, you've just completely thrown out the scone, jam, cream, 
quantities, haven't you? So much. Can't you judge a quantity just using the <laughs> using your eye? Practice. Is that not the? Have I, I think I've just solved the thing there. Your viscosity issue sorted. Well, Which is not a phrase I've said to a lady you. for a long while. <laughs> <laughs> you squidge it together, then it's all just going to seep out, isn't it? Oh, that's how I like it, though. <laughs> cream and jam all over the place like some kind of scone mess. Chris, how do you how do you scone up? Uh, I just eat them really quickly, to be honest. It doesn't really matter to me. <laughs> Who cares? You know, just cream, jam, butter, whatever, I don't know. It's, it's what butter, variables yeah. have they standardised? You're saying that it's now a standard recipe? Uh, well, it's, um, <laughs> I, I would say, being an expert on this sort of thing, yeah. Stephen, um, it would be how many sultanas you have in it, yeah. I would guess. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, this is obviously a current story, isn't it? So. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, how many sultanas? And obviously, you know, I, I guess how they mix the mixture and how much, you know, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it makes it, apparently makes a huge difference. Does it not? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I should imagine so. Um, it's almost like you're not it, taking it seriously, I mean, Emma. No, it's a serious issue. Yeah. It's, it's worse on Patreon than for Recorder. Um, <laughs> but we did. Thorough journalists that we are, go and speak to an expert, obviously, yep. who does a blog about National Trust scores. And she said that while the recipe is important, what's more important is that it's freshly baked. Oh, yeah, I agree That's with that. What you, want. you don't want to, no one wants a day old scone, do they? I think we can all agree about that. Yeah. The, uh, thing that the thing that I'm a little bit concerned about is that as an editor, I never get to do these jobs. I'm just looking at page three, and there's one of our reporters, Rosie. Fenton and she's stuffing her face with the with the scone. She also brought some back to the office, but I don't oh, think they made them all the way to your oh, desk. Okay. <laughs> Bad luck. Well, obviously, I wasn't able to pull rank there, was I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Ben, talk us through your your socioeconomic ba- background and the way that it feeds into your pronunciation of this particular food stuff. Well, it's interesting actually because I say scone, yeah. Um, and but I've just been looking up here, um, journalist that I am, doing some research. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it actually says that that pronunciation that rhymes with gone, so scone, is traditionally more associated with the northern working class. Oh, and I'm such a traitor to my peeps. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and scone uh, is associated with the south and the middle class. Oh, I feel dirty now. <laughs> oh. oh, dear. This is, oh, next thing I'll be drinking shandy like the people down here. Um, the, oh, right. So, Which we, is the opposite of what I thought. This is the opposite of our sample here, isn't it? That I I should be saying the common one. No offence, Chris, but I think you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying, but I think you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I've got nothing to say to that, to be honest. There's nothing wrong with some working class roots. No, not at all, not at all. But Whereas so, the, the posher people in yeah, this little... I'm proud uh, to be Southern, and I'm proud to say Scone. There you go. And yet the, the posher people... Ben, what's is your real name something double-barrelled? Is it Vornington Smythe? <laughs> it's not, no. Is it not? The thing no, is, if you, not, no. if you say scone, though, you can't do the joke, can you? That's the problem. Yeah, that is the problem. You've ruined all of the puns that I had planned by coming and going, that's not how you say it. <laughs> Go on, do, the, do, your, do your pun that you would have done, do you? I had scone with the wind. Oh, scone but not forgotten. <sighs> None of them which made the headline. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to think. Is there a pun to go no, with scone? Editor, please. Scone. No. No, I went through the alphabet. Nothing yeah, no, nothing. No, no. Yeah. Dog and dog and scone. <laughs> no, no. All on that 
positive vibe. We had such fun. And I feel we... hungry now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go out to get some scones. Scones. <laughs> go for cake. Let's just come together. We're all people. Yeah, We're cake. all humans at the end of the day. Um, then, uh, so, uh, the, the podcast will be available up online. What else have we got to plug? Let's start plugging things. Plug something. I would love to plug, actually, in Ilford Recorder. We have just, this week, launched our Young Citizen Scheme, which is as it says on the tin, which is basically uh, we give a monthly award to a young citizen, a young person in in Redbridge who's inspired us and we tell their story, which is brilliant. And then at the end of the year, we do a, a, give an overall um, prize to the overall winner. It's, um, and that will be, we'll be reporting on that on a weekly basis. So if anyone out there knows someone who would fit the, the bill as a young citizen up to the age of 25, who inspires us, who, who can inspire us with their stories. We'd love to hear from them. Beautiful. Uh, Emma, anything to, to plug? Whole paper, th- whole paper's great, Steve. Whole paper, every page. Page 18. Mind your mental Beautiful. health. Emma. Oh, yeah, that's that's a particularly great double-page spread by myself. Um, we are continuing our Mind Your Mental Health campaign. We're into nearly at the end of our second month of it now. We've had some... Um, wonderful people who've come forward and spoken about their experiences and um, we're working really hard through the year to try and break down the stigma and just make things better beautiful uh ben you've got something to plug what have you what have you got to plug well there is a sounded like a cheesy holloway holloway hollywood uh, voiceover um it. it's been away for a while but it's back do you want me to do do you want to do the yeah it's been away for a while but now it's back. <laughs> Sound pretty good? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, thank you. And it has been. Yeah, the Vaughan Report returns tomorrow um, after a hiatus. And this time it's in association, very excitingly, with the Romford Recorder. Well, hey. So thank you very much for coming in. We'll do it all again next week. Thank you, Steve. Beautiful. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the local paper review. You can listen live to the next review Friday, 2 p.m. on Time 107.5.